Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist, friends. Oh, you're in for a treat today. I am actually so damn excited about this episode. So this episode is, um, she is one of my clients. Her name is Danielle Talley, and she is actually the owner of a yoga studio. She's a yoga instructor. She does nutrition. She does personal training. Um, And she has been my client. I say off and on because if you've been listening for a while, I actually stopped doing hair for about a year. Um, So she was my client prior to me stopping and just recently has returned back to my chair since I'm um, now working one day a week. And I am pumped about this episode because one, it's coming from a business owner. Two, I'm asking her some hard questions that I think we are all scared to ask our clients or we are all scared to hear the answers from our clients. And I am super, super, super pumped to be able to bring this conversation to you in a real raw way. And honestly, it's kind of got me feeling like I need to have more of my clients on my podcast. I think it would be a very interesting thing. So if you're listening to this and you like this idea, please, please, please DM me on Instagram at underscore Misty Jane underscore or the Cash Confident Stylist on Instagram um, and tell me some things you would like me to ask clients. Now, granted, I know not every client is the same. Please take the things that we are talking about today with a grain of salt. One of the things we talk about is asking your clients questions. Let's put it this way. You want to listen to the clients who are your favorites, the ones that are your dream clients, the ones that if your entire book was filled with these people, you would have the most fulfilling career, period, okay? So when we talk about asking your clients questions, make sure you're asking the right clients questions, okay? You're asking the ones that you want to duplicate in your chair. Um, With that being said, 
I want to remind you that applications are still open for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm putting the link underneath so it's nice and easy for you. Um, yeah, I want to help you get your shit together. I mean, I know you listen to this podcast. You hear me talk about it all the time. But I want you to go into the next year with a whole different trust in yourself. That's right. Getting your financial shit together is actually going to help you trust your decisions a little bit more. It's going to bring confidence to your life in a way that you have never, ever, ever thought that you could have. When I was busy, broke, felt like that was my life, right? I just thought that was it. That was just the way that I was going to live forever. I was just always going to be, have, you know, sore feet and live in my tiny townhouse with my family. And that was just like what I was destined for. And it wasn't until I started actually taking the steps, getting out of debt, figuring out how to control my money, all of these things, that is when I found the confidence to go out on my own as an independent stylist. It's how I found the confidence to walk into those scary rooms, the retreats that I go on, the classes I didn't think I belonged in. And it started getting me more and more curious of if I can change this hard aspect of my life, what else could I change? What else could I do? with that, right? Stay curious. I say that all the time. So if you feel like money is the one thing that is like holding you back from so much, let's chat. Let's see if one-on-one -on -one coaching is right for you. Um, so click the link, apply, we'll hop on a call, and uh, we'll see if this is something that that is going to change your life forever like it did mine. With that being said, please, please, please enjoy this episode. You know what to do if you like it. Share it. Actually, write a review um, on iTunes. That would be, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called. That would be even better. Um, and enjoy. Danielle, welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Thank you for having me, Misty. <laughs> I'm excited to chat with you. So for everyone listening, this is probably only the, maybe the second person that I've had that is not in the hair industry which is kind of exciting because I feel like you're going to bring a different kind of perspective to the money conversation, a business owner conversation, um, you know, a lot of the mindfulness, all the things that I talk about regularly, but, but a little bit different. So before we start, I want you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Perfect. Um, my name, which I'm still, I'm almost going on a year and I still fuck up my name, but my name <laughs> is now Danielle Talley. Um, uh, I am the owner of Sky's the Limit Yoga Company and of the Caffeinated Yogi. Sky's the Limit Yoga Company is a yoga studio based in Norfolk, Virginia. We are also community-based. That's how I started the company in 2017. And we span now throughout six cities in Hampton Roads. Um, and then the Caffeinated Yogi is actually, I mean, it's a very long story, but it's how Sky's the Limit started. The Caffeinated Yogi is now my one-on-one -on -one coaching business where I work with everybody from fitness, nutrition, and mobility. And the main way that I make it something that is different is I try to bring the yogi mind to your barbell, to your dinner plate, to whatever it is that we are doing together. I love that. Um, it's so funny. So this is like on topic, but off topic. I have been watching The Climb because I went to the rock climbing gym like one time. <laughs> <laughs> and what is, it's is, essentially is it? a like it's a reality slash um like competition about like climbing and okay. it I think about it when I watch them because I'm like the mindfulness that they have to have 
to do that shit is wild. And it's funny because you watch it in that manner and we don't think about it as often in our everyday life. Well, I am. It's funny to say that whenever I, I saw I'm from Florida and whenever I lived in Florida, that's whenever I climbed way more, which so many people are like, how did you climb in Florida? I'm like inside, duh. Like, what do you mean? Right. Um, I'm too much of a chicken shit to do the outside stuff anyways. But um, inside, it was actually from the yoga studio that I worked with years ago. Um, one of their friends had opened up a climbing gym and it was a big thing. Like a lot of the yoga teachers would go. And um, that was the thing that I liked the most about it was I was able to, I, I, I liked that. I felt like I was still getting, because I mean, you totally get a workout in. At first oh, I was yeah. like, I'm like, oh, this is nothing. I can do this. And then I tried and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is really <laughs> hard. But um, I loved the, and sometimes it would be annoying, which I think mindset is in general, but you know how you're supposed to like follow the colors or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the first time I touched on the wall, the main thing that they said was they were like, we just want you to, to go up and down, like just do it. And I was like, I mean, you're telling me I'm supposed to follow a color. I'm going to follow a color. And then of course, me being the competitive side, I was like, you're telling me that green is the hardest one. Like I'm going to do green. <laughs> I failed at green for sure. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so challenging. And like, just having to like pause in a position to be like, how can I get to the next thing? You know? And, um, yeah, rock climbing is a very humbling thing and, uh, but just a fun thing to do with family, with friends. Like it's also really fun. Um, my ex is, uh, terrified of heights. That is fun to bring somebody that's terrified of heights. Uh, That's me, Danielle. And be like, that is legit me. I've been twice. I have yet to touch the top, even close to the top of any of the routes. It is terrifying. But have terrifying. you gone up literally, like, I'm not exaggerating, like a foot and then been like, no, I can't yeah. do this. On the boulder walls, I feel like I am like, like on Everest. <laughs> I will say though, bouldering is different than belay. Like, so the belay, I can go a little bit higher, but I'm terrified to come down. And that's kind of the mindset, right? Because like, yeah, if I was not scared to come off of it and I was not scared that this belay did not have me, because if you're listening and you've never been to a rock climbing gym, they have these automatic belays, which is essentially if you were to fall, it helps you fall very slow. So it, it, I'm not going to say it catches you because it doesn't feel like it fucking catches you. (laughs) Well, and you can also belay with a partner. So they have, I haven't done that yet. And then playing with a partner, you really have to be, and whenever you do that with a partner, basically they, they're almost like sitting back in this like imaginary chair, right? So the same, whenever your weight goes, they counter you. Um, and I have never been in this situation, but if I had somebody that was, I don't know, weighed like half of me, I'd be like, no way, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm, you're going to like, it's going to be like a cartoon and you're just going to fly off, you know, like, but it's also so interesting and you see it from so many different perspectives whenever it comes to movement of little kids doing the thing like it's nothing because that fear factor is not there you know and that's why something that I personally believe in so and also for those listening yes now my whole world is more in uh health and wellness but my background like before I did any of this was in uh finance I worked for a finance company and so two things that I say that I wish that we talked about more whenever kids were young in school is food and finances, the two F's, food and finances, because it's something where that bullshit little pyramid that you see um, about food, it, it does have meaning if you actually understand it. And like it, 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 you have to really break it down. That's like 
that's like chapter one of a 30 chapter book. You know, you, you have to learn so much more about it. And that's really all kids are taught. If that now is that little triangle that basically says, you know, where and how you should get in your fat carbs, protein, and then finances is the other thing. Um, Whenever I did, I worked with two finance companies and one of them was more of a customer facing perspective. And the amount of times that you would get a kid come into something like a bank. And whenever I say kid, I mean 18 and not knowing like my debit card does not. My, my debit card means that I need to have money or I don't have money. And then just literally having no comprehension whatsoever of like, is there cash connected to this or is this not? Basically meaning, is a debit card connected to a checking account or is a debit card a credit card? A credit card and they right. would have no, no idea of it whatsoever. Food and finances, two things that as a kid, we should talk about more so mm -hmm. that they are set up for, you know, a better, better things in life. As well as though, which at this one, I will say, I think a lot of areas are doing better at but, you know, just understanding mindset. I love whenever I see that yoga is now brought to kids I and mean, we have kids yoga here and meditation and things like that, because just like we said, it translates to even rock climbing. It translates, yeah. it translates to everything. To absolutely everything. And I, and I think that's one of the main reasons we wanted to have this conversation today, right? Is because you have yes. the finance background, you know, I love to talk about money if you're listening, um, and the mindfulness aspects, because I think that sometimes we forget how much our mind affects everything that we do. You know, I think so. Danielle has been my client. She's been other people's clients. Like, like, so from an aspect of a client, I wanted to chat a little bit about, so for example, hairstylists, when they go to like majority of them, when they go to say their prices, when they go to raise their price, when they do anything about pricing with a client, it is like the most terrifying part of our job. And like legit still, I'm 20 years in, if I raise my prices, it still scares me. Like I still feel like, oh my God, everybody's going to leave. And you know, it's going to be like the end of the world. And I wanted to ask you like from a client's perspective, and you can be a hundred percent honest, like hundred percent. Okay. This is all, this whole podcast is about vulnerability. <laughs> How do you feel when somebody confidently says to you, I'm raising my prices you know, if you have any questions, let me know. So I think two things. Um, it's one that from what I do in, uh, I, through Sky's Limit, I guide a yoga school and through yoga teacher training, we talk a lot about money itself and regards to a yoga teacher. And I'm going to answer your question in just a second, but I hope this makes sense. Um, and one thing that I do talk about, and I am a believer of, and I'm not trying to say that you do it because you're trying to be sneaky, but I think it, first off, I just guess I'm just trying to look at this from a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I'm really not, I don't fall under the category of liking the fact of, let's say, uh, Misty is, is currently my hairstylist, of, of you posting on, let's say, your Instagram to be like, hey, fam, my price is increasing. I think that that's just a waste of time. You're automatically making somebody like <laughs> they're coming to your Instagram to either get to know more about you, more about your business. They want to know what you had for breakfast. <laughs> like they don't want to know that you're raising your prices. That's not why somebody is on Instagram. So whenever you see that, you're automatically setting just this bad taste in their mouth. Now, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying it beforehand if it's like, okay, the last time I saw Danielle was in 2022. I'm now seeing her in 2023 and I had to increase my prices. You letting me know before I come to my appointment, right? Because I also don't want to be maybe blindsided. I know that 
I've been going to Misty for X amount of time and this is my price frame. I understand that there is an appropriate time to have the conversation, but I think that um, blasting it often is not, is not needed. You know, you have to find that right happy medium. And so if you were to post it on social media, even though you're a friend of mine and everything, I'd probably be like, Number one, I'd be like, well, Misty's like the best person to have my hair, so I'm going to go no matter what. <laughs> but uh, second, I would be like, Misty, why are you doing, like, why? Like, you you can just tell me. And perfect example, the last time that I sat in Misty's chair was the first time in a few years that I had been in your chair. And um, the stylist that I was going to before, for her, tipping was included in her price point. And I don't know if there's a right term for that, but that's- Like all-inclusive pricing is essentially what people are calling it now. Okay. So she had all inclusive pricing and I didn't know I had only been to her for a while before I went back to you. So I just asked, is, is this included or not? And I don't remember the way, the way that you said it, but you, I I liked how you said it. And you basically said it's never required, but always, um, never expected, but always appreciated. Yes. And even though I confused you, (laughs) I, I basically went, well, like to me, I want to show appreciation. I love the term that you used. It's the same thing with yoga. We do sometimes donation-based classes. And I love whenever people ask, does that mean, they might ask how much would you recommend or uh, do I have to pay? And I always say our recommended donation price is this. However, pay what you feel comfortable. Right. is always my, my uh, forever, my, my response. I give them the price range as to like here through here is what we would recommend as a donation. I have had, I will never forget. There was one kid that was going to ODU. Whenever I first started teaching here, he would come to my classes regularly. And I swear to God, one time he came to me almost crying and he was like, Danielle, I love your classes so much. They've been so helpful for me. Um, and he was like, I literally cannot afford it this week. He was like, I have like a buck. And I, that's what I'm putting in your jar. And I was like, dude, that is okay. Yeah. That's what it's here for. And at the same time, I kid you not, he graduated, moved to DC. He came back within like probably six months or so to a class of mine as he was visiting. He paid me one of the largest donations anybody's ever done. And yeah. he said, you made such an impact to me then. I was so happy that you told me like, dude, don't pay then. If you can't pay, don't pay. That's why it's donation-based. And he was like, so I want to give back. And I don't know if anybody else has been in my situation, but hopefully this covers their cost. Right. And creating that, that relationship, it means so much. Like it means so much. It means so much. So by fucking seven minute response to your question. No, you (laughs) said so many guys. I have, I'm going to circle back to some of the things you said, because I'm very happy that you said them, but go ahead. (laughs) To circle back to your question. If you were to say to me that, that you raised, you know, like, Hey, Danielle, I raised my, my prices overall. It doesn't bother me. Um, because I view it as something that's like, this is a service that I am choosing to have. If I wanted to, I don't have to dye my hair. Like, Right. I, it, it's it's not a necessity. Do I view it as something that I want to do right now? Yes. Am I happy that it is something I can financially commit to? Yes. And at the same time, even though you're my my friend, you've been a client of mine. I never the like anytime whenever I'm like the client relationship goes back and forth. I've had sometimes where people talk about you know doing a trade and whatnot. I'm sorry if this offends anybody. I don't do trades with the single person. Um, me neither. Uh, not a I, single, not nothing, nothing. Nope, I could, you nope. could pay me $100 today and I'll turn around and pay you for your services exactly $100 tomorrow. Correct. And I still won't barter with you. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I even have, I have an employee that, um, so through teacher training with uh, Sky's the Limit, you have the option to do a payment plan system. And I do, however, set it up to where you can make the payment plan, whatever the hell you want. If you want to pay me $150 a month for the next, I don't even know how months it comes out to, that's fine. But you're signing a contract that that is how long you have to pay me for. And one person I'm going to be bringing on is staff. Uh, it's not that, oh, you're just going to chip away at how much you owe me. Nope. I write you a check. You still pay what you owe me. We do that black and white. The only person, the only person that gets into classes for free is my husband. And even that sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, sir? Good for you. Cause I don't even cut my husband's hair. <laughs> he goes to the barber shop. I'm like, nope, nope. Don't have time. Go over there. <laughs> All right. I need, all right. I need to do something here real quick because there's a couple of things that you said that I think are very important. So first of all, the posting online. Okay. I have always, now don't get me wrong in the past. I have done this, but probably in the last like four years, I have been against it for numerous reasons and against it. One, so many stylists will post having a price increase and listing why they are doing a price increase. So right there, it feels one, not very personal. Like I do an email blast and then I tell every person that comes into the salon, Hey, mm -hmm. just so you know, starting July 1st, my prices are going to increase. If you have any questions, let me know. That is it. That's it. Yes. Not, Oh my God, everything's so expensive. Oh my God. Like it. And I can I, say too, from, from my perspective, if and when things like that happen here at the studio, and so TC, um, the Cafe Media Yogi, meaning TCY, uh, that business, it's just, it's just me. With Sky's Limit, STL, I have multiple people that work for me, and I know that there are probably some stylists or other business owners that are listening to this, they have employees. Mm -hmm. And my main thing that I would say is, even feel free to tell them, you know, if, if there's a, let's say, a customer that comes up and they're asking questions, like, it number, it is always okay to like people think that they have to, they have to describe everything to the customer at hand, right? It's okay to say, let's pretend that, uh, you know, Susie Q is my employee and Susie Q is talking to the customer. Customer's a little like, hey, the last time I came to yoga, it was X, now it's Y. Can you, mm -hmm. like, what, what's going on? And she'd be like, well, we had a price increase in July, July 1st. Um, I don't know much of the details besides that, but I'm happy to have Danielle contact you if you have questions, right? right? You can always refer it out. It's not that you have to have this script and give every single detail. Um, I mean, I always like to relate it to a restaurant, you know, and some restaurants do post it publicly, but majority of the time you go in and you're going to see, I mean, let's look at Starbucks. The amount of times that Starbucks has increased their pricing is the most insane thing. And nine times out of 10, people don't realize it because most of them go to Starbucks and get something different every time, right? right. So it's just like this small little sneaky thing. And Starbucks is sneaky. Starbucks will, will just be like, we want to increase by 10%. And we're going to increase by literally half a penny every like week. That is, right. that is literally the mindset that, that they take from their back end. So from a customer's perspective, you don't realize the penny every other week that's going through to where then a year later, you're like, hold on a second. I used to get this drink and it was $5. Why is it now $7? Mm -hmm. And then that's how they got you. But they don't explain it. They don't break it down so that everybody can see their full chart. Like, well, vanilla syrup has increased, blah, blah, blah. And minimum wage has gone to this. Like, no, they don't care. Right. And other businesses should follow in the same suit. Well, I think it's interesting because again, I think it's a little bit of that mindset, right? Like I know a lot of times when I hear people over explaining to me, it feels like a lack of confidence. It feels like, 
you don't, I'm good. I'm telling you my price are increasing and you don't understand. So I'm going to explain it to you when nobody said they didn't understand. Like half the time clients don't even question it. Like yes. they'll question how much is it going to be? Oh, that might be a little out of my budget. Is there something else that we could do that's cheaper? Like those are the questions that I have gotten. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nobody's ever been like, well, why are you raising your prices? Like yes, ever. <laughs> I, I, for me, looking at the yoga school in particular, um, that's by far the largest price point. I always like to explain to people your 200 hour yoga teacher training is basically like you're getting your bachelor's in yoga. It's not by the way. So please, it's not, <laughs> you do not have a bachelor's in yoga, but I like to compare the two. Cause there's kind of like your, your 200 and your 300. And I like to say it's like your bachelor's and your master's in a way. And, um, I have never had somebody say that my pricing is too high. They have asked what does the payment plan structure look like? When does early bird pricing end? Do you take scholarships? Mm-hmm. I've had people ask those kinds of things. What is included? Meaning we include yoga at the studio during that time. My ask is that you do yoga. So I want you to like have a space to do yoga. in. Um, but nobody ever asked the like, well, back in 2017, I looked like you charged this. No, nobody's ever ever said that. And I've, I've seen from that standpoint, studios explain like we've increased our price from this year to this year. And it's been seven years since we don't know. No, it's not needed. Yeah, But confidence is confidence translates to everything. And, um, I have my fun fact is I have one tattoo and it says inhale confidence, exhale doubt. Mm. And, um, I think that it really relates to even something like this. You know, if you, uh, customers will hire you if, you sound like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're, if, if you give them the response, for example, if they were to ask, why did you increase your pricing? You don't have to go through your, your 10 line items of why, but you have to answer them with confidence. If you're like ruffling around to being like, well, hold on, let me find my paper and blah, blah, blah. They're like, what? Like, let me what? pull up my QuickBooks real quick and show you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just talk with confidence, you know, let, let doubt go. And posting about it is it, we are in the relationship business, period, period. I don't care what anyone else says. Yes, of course, doing good hair is part of it, but we build relationships. I really think 80% of it is the relationship that you have with your stylist and 20% is your skill. I've just always felt that way. Um, And there is something to be said about, there's so many people that will post it online and then never bring it up to their clients again. One, clients don't read shit. They don't. They don't read the email. I mean, some do, but they don't read the email. They're not reading all your posts. They're not going to, especially nowadays, you, people don't I was going to say, you don't even know if your clients, and most of the time, your ideal client is not who's seeing your post anyways. So exactly. let, let that part go. <laughs> let me ask you this question because I'm a big advocate about talking about, like saying if there's going to be a price increase. I will always, like, I will always say it. There are a lot of people in the hair industry that think you don't even need to say it and that you just show up and your price is different. I, as being in the relationship business, I prefer to know, but I get where they're coming from. Just like the Starbucks thing, just like any other store. You I go think, to. I think, and this is me at least saying it from, I mean, I guess I could say it from both realms. Um, I, from what you do being your client with hair, I can understand if, so let's say I'm, I've never gotten extensions, right? I don't think you do extensions, but no, I've never gotten <laughs> extensions. Let's say that that was a service that I was all of a sudden like 
let's say you did it. And I was like, Misty, I want to do extensions. I don't think it is needed for you to then say, okay, Danielle, well, my extension price is increased because I'm a new client to the, uh, that extension puzzle. Right? right. So I think that there's a right time and place overall, if I'm coming in and I'm getting this same service, I think a conversation is, uh, to me, I feel like that's you being a good human. Like right. <laughs> it's not always a comfortable conversation, but it's a, it's an appropriate conversation to have. Just like for me, looking at it from anything that I do, most of the time it's, um, would work from, from like a, I can compare it to like a monthly membership person, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody for me that I have on an auto debit system, if I was to be changing their pricing, I'm going to tell them, I'm not going to let them be blindsided that, Hey, this amount that, that, that you're paying me next time is going to be more. And if I get a drop in client at the yoga studio, I'm not going to pull up and look at their report and be like, Oh, it looks like that the last time they were here was May of 2022. I'm going to let them know that the price has increased. No, I'm just going to say, are you here for a drop in? I'll probably talk about different packages we have. Okay. The drop in is $20. And they might be like, huh, last time it was 17. And then I would say, yeah, we did increase blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that then it's needed. So I, I, I think from there, it's kind of the, and I, I always say this is whenever as a business owner, you have to like put on your big girl panties or big boy panties, big they panties, whatever we should call them now. <laughs> and, um, uh, and you, you should be like, what do you think is the best judgment? Because I, I would say from, from the client's perspective, like put yourself in their shoes. Do you, would you feel offended if, if you didn't know, or would you not? And I think, um, I, I think it depends as to what it is. If I come to you and I get my regular service, then yeah, I think a conversation or just a notice in general is appropriate. But if I'm getting a brand new service from you, you don't have to tell me that that service that I've never had is a higher price. Yeah. That makes sense? I think it's, yeah, I think it depends too. Like if the person booked online, saw the prices, you know, yes, the price totally agree. If totally they come agree. in, they don't know your prices. You're having your first consultation. You still need to discuss the budget, not, not yes. necessarily the budget. You need to discuss, Hey, this today is going to be this much. I remember a while back I had a girl, um, that got, I think she just got root touch, a root touch up. And then she wanted to do highlights or something. She wanted to like add something that was more expensive. And I remember being so nervous because she was talking about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that. And I remember being like, you know, it's going to be another like $150 or whatever. And she was like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like, so I think that let's go take the mindset part of this for a second. Like we get so nervous to have these uncomfortable money conversations because they are not something that a lot of people are having normally, right? Yes. Because we're not taught how to deal with money because we... We don't have the, a lot of times we're in relationships where money isn't even talked about, whether it's family relationships, you know, husbands, wives, whatever. And then we're deciding to be business people. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, I have to talk about money. Wait I don't know what this looks like on your end from hair stylist, but the one thing that is very prominent in the fitness or movement world is, um, in my, like, I always say you have to find what is your happy medium for charging. And I think that it's important to, and especially like in yoga, it's even bad to say the word competition. And I hate, I hate that so much because it, like we, unfortunately, so in yoga, yoga philosophy, it is said that yoga should be free for everybody. Mm -hmm. And do I wish that that's something that could be true? Yes. But I could not pay for the roof over my head. So like I always, from the yoga perspective, this definitely relates elsewhere. Um, I always say you have to look at it. Like you can't just be a straight up yoga hippie wanting to have a yoga studio and you can't be a, 
I am looking at this as I'm trying to build a franchise and not take any bit of yoga into consideration, right? You have to find your happy medium. And I think that also comes into play whenever you look at just the bigger picture of what, like, you have to kind of look at, look at your mission in a way. And like, so for example, I pick the pricing for what we call our community classes. How I said that we were in six cities. So we do it in breweries, in coffee shops, and a shuffleboard court, all these fun places. We on purpose make that price point a certain thing to where it is very attractive to the person, but to where we are still making money. And there are a lot of other studios, not just here, elsewhere. I, I always do yoga whenever I travel. I've taught yoga in other places where they look at it as I need to make the like, this is an event and I need to price this at like the highest price point possible. And then they get annoyed whenever they, let's say, let's say they can fit 50 people in the room mm -hmm. and they get annoyed whenever they have five people in the room. And this is where looking at something like social media is kind of important because a lot of times people are like, oh, that was like the class doesn't, people want to see that there's other people there and it's fun and it's exciting. Just like if you were to be posting, let's say a picture of you doing hair and you were only doing my hair, like every picture was just of my I hair. I have one client. <laughs> yes. Like you need to show that you have others, you know? And so that's why for us, we want the price point to be like, it is insane how mindset relates to a client's booking. We have one uh, workshop coming up in February. It is at a like 15 person wait list right now. And I have been on purpose pushing people to the next one that we have in April of it. Could I price it more? Yes. Would I then not get as many people? Yes. I would probably get so little people if I was to start pricing it more that it's not even that I would make the same amount of money. It's not that I would actually go above and beyond. So like my point of saying all this is, is that Whenever you take the mindset and look at it from the money perspective, you have to find what I always like to call your perfect equation, mm -hmm. meaning it's just similar of like looking at what state you're in, right? Like the cost of living somewhere. So looking at the, the roof over the yoga studio's head, th the size of the studio in New York would be insanely priced different than the size of the studio here in Norfolk, Virginia. And I think that whenever we look at the mindset, you have to figure out like, what is your equation? What makes you, you, what is, what are you bringing to the table? You don't do extensions. So you shouldn't be charging the price of a uh, cut and color compared to somebody getting extensions. Cause that's literally like two, like you're, you're comparing apples to bananas instead of apples to apples, you know? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, cause I've been in all different stages in my career. You've been through a lot of them with me actually. <laughs> um, you know, I've been in the commission where I just kind of have to do what I'm told and get paid. Like I don't get to pick my pricing, whatever I've been in the, when I first went in my suite, that was like burnout phase. That was when I was like taking everyone. I thought everyone was gonna leave me. I didn't know what, and, and you might not have noticed. I don't think my clients noticed that I was a hot mess the first like eight months of that. You know, and then that's, it was like a shift of like, I was just taking all the people because I was worried that I wouldn't make enough money to be able to have the suite that I, you know, all of the things. And then I was done. I was exhausted. My body hurt all the things. And that's when I started shifting to, okay, I need to work when I want to work and raise my prices to a point where I can make the same, if not more and work less, which is. Where a lot of people, in the, well, a lot of people at a certain point, it's a big conversation in the hair industry, right? The problem with that is I did hair, I'm in my 20th year. 
It took me 16 years to be able to do that. And I think a lot of times people are wanting to do that at the beginning. And I think, I though, don't that, think you can do that. I think that, that you also have to have, so like, okay, talking about the beginning portion, right? So whenever we look at it through yoga, people all at the end of yoga teacher training, yoga teacher trainings, people always ask, what is uh, a good price point whenever you're looking at something that's like a private client? So you, I, you will potentially make more with a one-on-one compared to a group setting. And I mean, there's a lot of different factors that go into this, but uh, oftentimes, yes. Like if, if you're going to work at the YMCA and you're teaching a 9.30 a.m. class compared to you taking a private client at 9.30 a.m., you're going to make more with the private client, right? Yeah. Now it's always the price point of like, well, where do I start? And that's where so many times people are like, they, they lack the confidence. Well, I'm new, I'm this, I'm blah, blah, blah. Now, do I think that they should be charging what I charge after a decade of experience. Um, no, I don't think that you should. I do think that you have to build your reputation, your reputation, right? Um, I also don't think that means, I swear to God, I saw somebody recently that they said something that was like their price point. So let's say for me, my average starting rate, depending as to where I am and all this stuff is something that's like 125 for an hour. And they told me that they were brand new. This was a different form of movement, but that's just my overall rate, no matter what I'm doing. Um, And they charged like $25 an hour. And they were like, Danielle, do you think that's okay? And I was like, no, I don't. Like at all, who told you that? And I, uh, you're setting such a bad, you starting that low, how do you expect to ever then get to 125 an hour? And I also think that there's nothing wrong so something of what you just said, how you, you know, whenever you went from the, I'm just, I'm, I'm here, I get a paycheck, it doesn't matter, to then being like, oh my God, I'm on my own, this is terrifying. As we talked about the idea of confidence and how to communicate with customers and stuff, why do we lack the confidence to have a co- conversation with, a, and I'm not saying with every client, but I can picture you at that situation. You probably had some clients at that time that were with you for, let's say, five years. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you probably had a relationship with some of them where you could have been like, Hey, listen, I'm going, I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. Would you feel comfortable paying X amount? That is, I think the number that, that I need in order to, you know, make this work and make this function. Is that like, would, are you going to come with me? Are you like, there's nothing wrong with having that. And people, people actually love being a part of that puzzle. The amount of, so for Sky's Limit before it opened, I did a like OG pricing. And I basically, all those people that paid, you basically paid me for one month before the studio opened. You didn't get charged again until the studio did open and you're now locked in. You will forever be charged your monthly or yearly, whichever one you chose. You're charged that rate period. You're, you're set there. You're like, thanks for your support in the beginning is kind of my mindset. The amount of them that I talked to and I said, hey, this is this looks like what our schedule is going to look like. Please don't, the schedule might change, but I literally sent emails out of being like, here's a rough idea. Here's what you would be, you know, getting. Here's my game plan of what the pricing is. Would you do it? Would you sign up? You've been a student of mine for five years. Are you interested? And there were people that said no. There were people that said, I think that's too little. They were, but they loved to give the feedback. So many of them wanted to talk about it. We think we put this for some reason, I still don't know why, but we put this idea in our head that the customer doesn't want to talk about the money and Mm. they, they do, they're, they're okay with it. They're not like, especially whenever they see 
that you're making some cool, big progress. Like people want to be a part of those things. The amount of OG members I have that talk about Sky's the Limit with like the most pride. My studio is like the fucking shit. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. But they say it with such like pride and confidence. Like, no, you have to go here. It's so cool. It's blah, blah. Like they, they view this as like part of their home. Like you, we, we create a different, it's not just that you come in and you move for an hour and you leave, you know? Just like with you, if I didn't like talking to you, dear God, it takes a few hours to do my hair. Like be I'm miserable. I'm not going <laughs> to go back. I don't care how pretty my hair looks. I would be like, no, no, I can't do this. You know? Yeah. So people want to be a part of that. And, um, uh, but we, we have to find that if you like, like your, your beginning part, you can't start so low, but you also can't start the amount of times that I've seen people be like, uh, they've reached out to me directly. I'm a brand new teacher, all this stuff. I'm looking to get paid to teach. Now I just told you that my private rate is 125 an hour. So my group rate, like teaching inside a yoga studio, going to the YMCA would not be 125 an hour. You're, mm-hmm. you're getting paid less. You show up, you do the job, right? And I have literally had teachers reach out. They don't know me. They don't anything. I'm a brand new yoga teacher. I'm looking to make $100 for coming to teach one yoga class. And I'm like, well, good luck. Like, let me know where and how you're able to do this. You have to find your happy medium. You don't want to be the lowest that look like people think that that looks so attractive. It doesn't. Mm. People don't want to pay the lowest. People Mm-mm. also, though, know what a medium is. If you're trying to rip them off, they're not, they don't want that either. You have to find your happy medium. And that's going to be different for everybody. We're not all black and white. It's not yep. that we should all be paying 100 even, no matter what. No, it just yeah. doesn't work that way. Well, and I, I want to talk about a little bit what you were saying about, um, oh, crap. It was like really hold on. Let me think of how to word this because in the hair world, it's hard to ask your clients to a certain extent. It depends on who you're asking. So Mm -hmm. I think our problem a lot of times is we have these relationships with people. Some of them we just love. Maybe they do complain about our prices, but they still come and, you know, we're uncomfortable talking about money because they complain about, you know, things in their life going on and like, oh my God, like I've had people say to me, God, if you raise your prices anymore, I don't know if I'll be able to come to you. And I had to make the choice of, well, it's my business. And yeah. I, you know, so I think it's hard. So I, I just want the listeners to say like, I agree with you to a certain extent, but you have to know as the stylist or as the salon owner or whatever, what, like you said, what you want your life to look like and kind of take the feedback with a grain of salt. Yes. Because I, if I would have listened to some people, I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> well, you also though, if you were to listen to every single person, right. You're, you're never going to please everybody ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Um, I mean, so one issue that we have um, inside the studio is late people. Um, so we going into a hair salon, I mean, I'm sure that of course, late, this is late an issue fucks for us too. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Because the, 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 then you're, you're, you're looking at for in your situation. I'm assuming it's like, well, my next client comes at this time, blah, blah. Right. So time is always an issue. Um, with yoga, there is a big spiritual aspect. So that is also another thing to think of that you, I always like to say, you don't know what this person's coming in here for. Some people come in and they think of yoga just as a workout, which if you do, let's talk. <laughs> um, and then others come in with a good, happy medium. 
Some come in because they're just really stressed and they don't know what the hell that they're expecting, but they're like, people say that this helps someone coming to be less stressed. Right. Some come in because it's actually a, a part of their religion. Um, and so you don't know what is going on for that person. So if we start the class off and you're always welcomed, at least there are some studios and types of yoga that it follows a specific routine. Um, with us, it does not. So you don't know what's going to start um, or how you're going to start. Uh, and so you don't know, let's say, how long the meditative portion is in the beginning. For some classes, it might be really quick. And for other classes, you might be there for a long time. So we now have to where whenever you get, like, you can come in late, but um, you are not allowed inside the room, the studio room itself where the yoga is happening until the teacher cracks the door open. That's basically me saying, okay, the meditation part, the spiritual part, and you can take that with you throughout the whole practice, of course, but the time of us being quiet and still, that's over. We're now to movement. There's sounds in the room anyways. So I'm going to crack this door open and my late folk or folks can come on in. And um, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I I can't please everybody. I, if anything, I view it's a very rude thing for me to not try because I have had people complain that are paying and showing up on time. So this is a way for me to say, I'm not telling you because some studios say you can't enter at all. I'm not saying that you can't enter, but I'm saying that you're probably going to have to wait until about a five to 10 minute mark for you to be able to enter into the room. And um, I, I think that you have, you can't view it that you're pleasing everybody like that will literally never exist. Mm -mm. And I also think you can't take too much emotions with your business. One phrase that I hate, I, I loathe with a passion is whenever people say like to me directly, or just in general, that like, well, your business is your baby. That's mm. a stack of shit. Um, uh, that is so not true. Do I care about it? Yes, I care about it so much. But do I view it like it's my child? Absolutely not. Because if I did, I would be very defensive about everything. And there are some times when I catch myself being defensive, of course, because I do care. However, I can't, if somebody was to tell me, Danielle, if you raise your price, I can't come. And I would say, I'm sorry, if I don't raise my price, I can't keep the doors open. Yep. I understand. I actually can, I can feel for you because there's a reason why I'm doing this. Yep. And just like, there's a reason why you wouldn't be able to continue. And that's when, for me, I try to, where our, one of our missions is yoga for everybody. And that's when one thing that we will always have is at least a donation-based class. So I would say, you know what, maybe this membership is no longer for you, but we have donation-based classes. I hope that we can see you there. This is an option I do have. So from your perspective, I'm sorry that I can't do the extensions, the hair color, the cut, the this, but I can do your, your cut and, and color. I, I can do this for you. The, you're saving money here. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's always a solution. It's just, you, you have to, the solution does not have to be, well, you know what? Yes, I do feel bad. So I'm going to charge you less. No, the solution is let me show you the service that is then within your price range. I love that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, we do. I, this has been, this has come up a lot on the podcast actually recently about taking things so personal because a lot of times people leave you for various reasons, you know, and, and they have nothing to do with you a lot of times, you know, maybe you're, you've changed your schedule and it's harder for them to get in with you. Like maybe you did raise your prices and it's no longer on their budget. Maybe something happened in their life and now their budget or their schedule has changed. And we always like, a lot of people, a lot of people that I talk to, they do, they take it so personal. I have done so many of my friends' hair that have went to someone else later, like 
for whatever reason. And it's okay. They're still my friends. Like, I'm not going to be like, wait, you won't let me do your hair anymore. Oh my God. Like, I'm not going to go have a drink with you. Fuck that. Let's go have a drink anyway. (laughs) We're going to have a drink. And then there's also nothing wrong. If it is something like this situation, it's your friend. Let's go back to the idea of just talking confidently. There is not like, because maybe there is something that you did that you can learn from. Right. Right. And if it is your friend and you're going to have a drink with them, I would assume that you can then have a conversation about your business and they're then going to answer you. Honestly, if they're a good friend, they're going to answer you. Honestly, if they're a good friend, they're going to pay for your service. You're just because they're your friend. That doesn't mean that it should be for free. Right. And maybe you might be like, oh my gosh, the reason why she left is because of the, it, it, because of the price, the price went up and I know this and all this stuff. And like, I wish she would have told me and like, when it really could have been like, they just don't like the way you do their highlights. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, totally. It could have been that they, um, I don't know, maybe they want to go do, get their hair done in like a, a space where they can get like a whole damn massage and do a, a yeah. complete, maybe they're looking to pay way more because they want to do this whole retreat like thing in a day, right. you know, you so have no idea. You have, you have no, no idea. idea. I have a specific situation. I was in my suite and it was a friend of mine. And every time she came in, which is so funny, she was always my favorite picture on Instagram. So I feel like this is like, anyway, she has gorgeous hair, gorgeous, thick, beautiful hair. And I never got her blonde right. I am not a blonding specialist. Like, yes, I can do blondes, but I like warm blondes. I, I'm not like the person that you would go to if you wanted like an icy blonde. Like, just just don't, don't. She was never happy with her blonde, right? And this was like probably the fifth appointment. And I would spend hours. She, I mean, her hair was very thick. And finally, we're talking, we're doing the consultation. And I, I finally said, her name was Adrian. I, she's still my friend. <laughs> I was like, Adrian. I don't think I can make you happy. And she goes, I don't think you can either. <laughs> and it was like the best conversation. It was very much just like a, I think you should go to a blonding specialist. And she's like, I've been thinking about that. And that was it. And we're still friends and it's no big deal. Yeah. And it, we talk about it all. Like, we'll talk about it if it gets brought, like, it's not awkward. It's like, but I think there's this scarcity aspect too, right? Like they're not going to like me if I can't provide for them. Um, you know, yeah. I, my thing is, is like, I like transparency with my clients. So like, if you have something that you don't like, I want you to tell me and I can either fix it or I can send you to someone who can like, well, I think that that right there is a really important part of what we were just talking about. So we talked mm-hmm. a lot about confidence, right? And I think it's important to realize you're not an expert in everything. No. So you, you recently asked me about Kundalini yoga, which by the way, I did find somebody. So I can make sure I send it to you. But anyways, um, can I teach it? Yes, I can. I'm not going to teach it. Well, I know I, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea as a guide. I right. know that it's not like I, I, I guide other things way better. I enjoy guiding other things better. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, that's what she's looking for. Yes. I'm going to do it for her. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this, this, this. No, because if anything, you're then going to get a more unhappy customer. And so in this situation, if I was to say, yes, Missy, I don't do it, you know, in a, in a group setting, I'm happy to do it with you one-on-one. You're going to come, you're going to pay. You're not going to like it that much. And And they're not going to be happy because you don't enjoy doing it. Then you're probably not going to come for the shit that I actually do really well. So it would be the same thing from the stylist perspective of if I was asking, sorry, I don't think you do this, but I could be wrong. If I was asking for like 
hot pink and like all these different colors. I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But can you do it? Sure, you can. You've been doing it for for 20 years. You can do the hot pink. Are you going to be as good as somebody that's like, I don't know what they're called. I'm going to call them a rainbow specialist. (laughs) Are you going to- Vivid, vivid specialist. Vivid, vivid. I'm learning so much. Um, (laughs) Are are you going, no, you know, you're, you're, and then if anything, I feel like you're only devaluing the service that you do really well, because if I went and let's say I got the pink and then all of a sudden I was like, dear God, pink is not my color. And I knew that the, the brown and red, and I know that you told me I say my own color wrong, but whatever color my hair is, um, if I, I then might not even want to go back to you because you put that bad taste in my mouth with the hot pink. Yet I now know from having hair done with other people, like you do my hair color the way I just the freaking best. And the, the people will always remember that end. Um, they always will. And so if I'm like, uh, man, whenever she did my hair that last time, that pink, like to me, that wasn't worth it. You know, I had to go back and do this and blah, blah, blah. So then I'm, I'm potentially not going to go back to you to pay you the amount that you deserve for the quality of work that you're really good at. Yeah. So it's the idea of having, having confidence and not being an expert in everything. Like you, own the things that you are good at mm-hmm. and work with that. And it's okay to be good at more than one thing. That's another, yeah. th- that word niche is something that I've never really resonated with too much because people do see that my, especially TCY, fitness, nutrition, mobility, they see it as three different realms. Well, I've been working in the field with for 10, over 10 years in each one of those pieces. And I bring a different approach. So if you're looking to, hey, Danielle, my goal is, and I have, I've turned away hundreds, literally hundreds of nutrition clients because their goal is to lose a specific weight in like three weeks. Could I do it for you? I sure can. I have no desire to. My idea is to create a good mindset with food. And my opinion is that that's not a good mindset with food. So you're not, you're not for me. And mm-hmm. I turn them away. The amount of times I've had people ask me like, my goal is to be able to hold a handstand for one minute. Can I teach you to do it? Yes. I have no desire. If that is your goal with yoga, that's not for me. So I'm going to refer you to somebody else. And that's because I'm not claiming that I'm an expert in everything. Some of the most loyal clients that I've ever had have been because one, I've said no to them or two, I've made a mistake and owned up to it immediately. And it's like, there's something to be said about that, about the honesty of it. Cause there's, I have seen so many people, it like, it like hurts my heart to watch it now where they know they messed up. I've heard them in the back room saying that they did something wrong, whatever. And then when they are in the mirror with their client and they're finished and you can tell the client isn't happy and they're like, oh my God, but it looks so beautiful. No, you were just in the back room saying you mixed the wrong toner. You say, you know what? This toner isn't exactly the way that I wanted it. Let's actually rinse it out real quick and do another one. Cause you can do that with quick fix, by the way, listeners. Um, <laughs> um, and it drives let's me use the, Well, let's use that word confidence again. Can we be confidence with failure? That yes. is, that is something that uh, even I was talking to a client of mine recently and we were talking about how, and this is a perfect example for me as a kid, my mom literally said F's are not, you are not allowed to have them. D's, you're not allowed to have them. C's, you're not allowed to have them. I was allowed to have A's and B's, period. Yet there's nothing like I would, especially for me, I did very good in school, but it's not that it came naturally to me. I always pick on one of my best friends, Alex from middle school, 
she's just one of those people and it drives me freaking crazy in school, but she's one of those people where she can read it and it's just there in her head. And I would like be envious of her because I would have to take the flashcards and quiz myself and I had to work for it. And I'm not saying she doesn't have to work for things, but in that in particular situation, it, we had to study differently, right? And if there are certain times whenever the, did I learn a lot from having to push myself in certain ways when I was young? Yes. But do you also learn a lot from failing? You sure do. I think we and learn more from failing. I totally agree. And I, I, I don't think that it should be like, we should let kids fail. We should, because then as an adult, I don't want to say that like, I'll be comfortable with it so that you just fail all the goddamn time. Like, no, that's not it. But being able to pick up and do it again and learn from your mistakes, that's something that a lot of adults struggle with big time. Yeah. And I see it from the movement perspective or from the weight loss, the anything, whenever it comes to things like that, think of it like this. Nutrition is something that you've been eating since you were born. So you think that you know what you're doing. Like you think that you're a pro with it. And whenever there's some nitty gritty stuff that is like really peeling back these big layers and you're like, Ooh, I really didn't realize that I do this. It's hard to swallow. And it's never that you're failing with nutrition. It's just taking time to like understand it, to learn more about it. And the, the amount of people that I know that have, let's say, tried to open a business or tried to do certain things and they failed. So they didn't keep trying is just mind blowing to me. If you guys want to know how many times I've failed, you're going to have to count on more than one hand. Like the amount of times that I was turned down from a studio, like from a, uh, a potential space over and over and over again. I remember. Um, and it, if I would have let that happen, I wouldn't, I now employ over 10 people. So it's, it, it, there's, there's something to say about learning from your failures. Well, and I'm seeing this trend in the hair world where going back to the niching thing where people, well, I'm niching down on this because it's the only service that I like to do. To me, I'm hearing you don't want to learn anything new or maybe you tried something new that it didn't work out and you didn't continue to learn. Like there's a lot of different factors here. So yes. kind of back on the niching thing, like I, my niche is a type of like person. Like my, I, I, I do very specific low maintenance hair. Like if you want something wild and crazy, I am not your girl. I am the low maintenance. If something happens, you know, and I, God, I mean, I've canceled literally like five times in my entire 20 years career, but if I have to cancel a day, like my clients understand, like that is my niche. And I think people think it has to be this specific thing. It has to be, well, I, my niche is balayage. Or my I think that you're putting yourself niches, in a box. Niches are, and I think it's because um, we went from this phase, like it's so interesting to see how social media has evolved, right? Mm. Like <laughs> Facebook was literally, whenever I first had Facebook, I had no business. I was in high school whenever I first had Facebook. Like, you know, it's been around for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. And now I, um, I only use Facebook mainly from the yoga studio's perspective because using Facebook events is still a helpful tool for us, right? So it has evolved a lot. And if we look at it as it's like, it, in the beginning, people were just like, so for example, me as a yoga teacher, I would just be like, yep, I teach yoga. I teach any type of yoga. And like, it was just come to me for yoga. 
yet I wouldn't call out what type of yoga I did. And so we found that there was an issue with that. People were, um, those that did point on, hi, I guide vinyasa flow. I guide this specific type of movement. Those that were doing that at that point, I don't know, maybe that was like 10 years ago or so, they started blowing up. They were succeeding. They were doing really well. So then people were like, ooh, niche, 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 niche. You got to do everything with this big niche. And now the niche is like, I'm putting myself into this tiny, tiny, tiny little sliver. And I have seen so many people start to go into more of the, the, I know I just used the word failure, but going into the failure like state and not learning from it because they're kind of, they're, they're stuck. They're, they're not taking any other clients. They're not going out and, and trying other things or growing from that box. So for me, from a nutrition perspective, if I was to only ever check in with people with their macros, um, I would not be, I would lose a lot of clients because they would be like, they probably Google a macro calculator and be like, I can do this shit by myself. And there's a lot that I'm going to work through and teach you. And I'm going to talk to you about your micronutrients and help you do things like traveling. I don't want you to bring a goddamn scale with you whenever you go on vacation. Are you kidding me? Like, that sounds like the most absurd thing in the world. <laughs> and if I didn't do that, if I said, nope, these are your numbers. It's the only thing I do. I'm, I'm going to put myself into a very, very, very tight bubble, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this means that I am a... A, a great person to work with different forms of diseases and stuff, right? Like different areas of like somebody has really struggled with diabetes and whatnot. Like, no, maybe there, there, there's probably somebody else that's good for you. Um, so it's just, it's being okay with like, kind of similar to what we talked about before with money, right? Like we, you need to find what's your equation. Your niche doesn't mean I am this one word and this is yep. the only word that I am. Your niche can be a sentence. It doesn't have to be just one point. Yes. I love that. Well, I think it was that like, if you're not talking to one per if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to nobody. I think I remember that going around a lot and it's like, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I think that your niche can be a feeling, you mm -hmm. know, I think it can be, well, I, I like the people that like to feel this way when they're in my chair or, you know, I don't think it has to be. So I think it's kind of a, a cop out of staying in your comfort zone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I would totally agree. And I, and I think it's, um, it definitely falls into, what's the right word? Like you, you put a cap on your growth, yes. you know, you, you, yeah, the, the comfort zone, it's a good word. There's another word that I'm obviously failing to, to I mean, think I of. I think but... that you can still have your dream clients, right? Like I, yes. I still think that you can talk to a very specific person. I kind of feel like it's to... the easy way out too. And I'm sorry that that probably yeah. offends some people as I say that. But um, yes, I'm, I'm glad that we've moved away from so much of the hustle culture. But in this one, I know a lot of people want to groove me in. There's a time and place for it. I, I we wanna, call it on this podcast, we call it hustle seasons. And if yes. your season lasts too long, then it's a problem. That's what I always yes. say. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And, um, it kind of would fall into the same realm though. If you're, if you dial your niche in so much and does it work for some people? Yes. But yeah. I guarantee you that their hustle phase was like extreme. 
And for some, it might even be that they had resources. And I'm not trying to say a bad thing to that, you know, like, I mean, I would have opened up my yoga studio years ago if money was not the issue. I got turned down for a lot of them because I didn't have the money that they were looking for. And that's okay, right? But um, it that phase is something that we, you don't want to get stuck in the, maybe as you're learning about your niche, you start turning people away and you start defining it and you start doing this stuff. And then once you feel really comfortable with that, then evolve some, then re- expand from there. It, we also, within the business world, people think that as soon as you say one thing, you're stuck to it. Mm-mm. And I've never understood that you're allowed to change your opinion. you can, my, my favorite color is green and maybe one day it won't be. And that's okay. Yeah. I can change my thoughts. I can change my opinions. And you could do that with your business too. It doesn't have to be something that's just your color uh, favorite choice. (laughs) I think you have to, I mean, I think that you have to evolve constantly, you know, maybe not constantly you can take a little breaks, take a little nap. It's fine. (laughs) But, but, you know, I think that you have to keep, I always say, stay curious. Because the moment that you start saying, well, that's not for me. Well, I don't like that. Or, well, I mean, maybe you don't like something, but you know, well, well, they're doing that, but that's not something I'm not that person, you know, that that's when you start blocking things from yourself. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be here on this podcast if I thought, well, I'm just a hairstylist. Nobody's going to listen to me, which is thoughts that went through my head when I first started educating a hundred percent. Who am I to educate? Who am I to talk to the hair industry as a whole? Who am I? You know, and if I would have kept that mindset, I would not be anywhere that I am now. And I think that that's what I've been saying a lot lately is just stay curious because yes, just try it. And if you don't like it, stop doing it. Like, I mean, I stopped doing hair for 10 months, you know, not that I didn't like, well, actually at that time, 2020, I hated doing hair. It was like literally like the worst year ever conversation. Everything about it sucked. Um, (laughs) um, but guess what? I changed my mind and I'm working again. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, can, you don't, it's nothing is permanent. Stay curious. Keep I think the reason out. why too, some people have an issue with changing, especially from a business perspective, they view it as like, oh, well, what is somebody going to think of me if I change, 100%. if I, if I go back to this or if I, if I change my mind, if I say this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I could tell you for me, I coached CrossFit for years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm still a certified CrossFit coach. Do I still, I only right now work from on a one-on-one perspective. So I don't necessarily work in the group setting right now. And number one, I might actually work in the group setting again soon. So there's that, but I personally, I, 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 there's a lot of things that I loved from CrossFit at the time. Was I like all, was I drinking the Kool-Aid? Sure was. Did I grow from it? Did I evolve from it? Did I learn from it? Sure did. So I made my own decisions and choices. And I changed accordingly. And are there some things that I still do that would correlate with that? Yes. And are there plenty of things that I do that don't like this? I view it as what are the things I view that are smart and good? And what are the things that I view are not the smartest for my client or, um, you know, it connects to the poor mindset around movement. Um, if there's one thing that I really don't like is the idea that CrossFit teaches people to go balls to wall. Mm. Um, because you shouldn't do that every day. It's literally not healthy. And I'm uh, sorry, not sorry if you're a balls to wall folk and you're laying on the floor every day, but it's going to catch up to you. And I would rather you be moving safely for longer. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's okay to make those changes. And it's not, in, a, in all honesty, if somebody does 
if somebody was to care that you were out of the chair and then back in into working behind the chair, well, then they're probably not the client for you anyways. They're probably not the person that you're going to want in your, in your seat. And if it is somebody that is another stylist that cares, well, I mean, why, why should that phase you at all? Here's Just the because- reality. The reality is nobody cares and nobody yes. is thinking about us as much as we think they're thinking about us because they're too yes. busy overthinking their own shit. Yes. You know, and, and all of the shifts that I've made, I've had that, I've had that. Oh my God, people are going to judge me. I remember when I left my suite to go to, um, a booth rental, I was like, people, everyone's going to think my suite failed. You know, when I decided to go back to doing hair the one day a week, everyone's going to think my coaching business failed. Like I had all of these thoughts, but I have learned over the years to go, thank you thought I don't need you and ignore it. You know, and yep. that's the mindfulness aspect. So it's not that the like thoughts aren't still there. You just learn to go, what the hell are you talking about? Get out of here. Like, I need yeah. to name it. I read something recently that you should like name your inner dialogue, like your ego. I haven't named it. I want to name it something. I don't know. I'm thinking like Shannon or something. <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch, get out of here. <laughs> like, don't um, need the shit right now. <laughs> yeah, but but I do. I think that it comes down kind of this whole conversation. I mean, it comes down to, you know, finding the confidence. I always say trusting, finding ways to trust yourself brings the confidence. And I think that starting to do the little things, do making the changes that align with you, that feel good to you, that you value. And slowly, you don't have to jump all into anything, whatever it is that we're talking about, but do it slowly. You start to trust yourself. You start to build that confidence, you know, and I think that it goes a really, really long way. Um, you know, so yeah. I I love this conversation. I know we covered a lot. (laughs) We did. And I also feel, which is very much, even just whenever I do sit in your chair, if we were to look back at like point one, you're like, wait, how'd we get to point 72? (laughs) I know. I know. And, and for anyone listening, this is like what I like to talk about when I'm doing hair as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I I can, I can vouch. This is true. (laughs) So Danielle, I have um, two more questions for you, but the one question that I ask everyone, and I'm excited to ask you because um, you are not a hairstylist, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway. What does, what would, I'm going to word it a little different. What would a cash confidence stylist be to you? Oh, I like that be to me. Um, I think to me, it would be somebody that I trust. Um, because if there's one thing, and I know I keep relating it to what I do, but if there's one thing that I have realized from the, the, the teacher perspective of any form of movement is that as they come into the room and they come in with confidence, I'm automatically giving them more attention. I, I, I just, I immediately trust what they say. And if I see somebody come into, to, to the room and they start the class and they're, they lack confidence, I'm lost. I already know that I'm going to be doing my own thing. Um, I just, I, I don't give them as much of the time of day. So I view that as trust. I then would, um, I would be putting more trust in you. I, I can guarantee I, I can picture me having this conversation with my husband and being like, you know, I'm going to miss you for the first time. And I, 
I'm excited because I had a conversation with her and she was just so she, she pulled out, which this is a very true story. And I, I actually realized, wow, this is why I've missed being in Misty's chair. But like I said earlier on the show, um, I was back in her chair for the first time in over a year. And, um, I was talking about things that I wasn't liking with my color and she pulled it out and showed me direct visuals. She pulled it out and she said, what would you gravitate to? What would you this, blah, blah, blah. And she taught me a thing or two. I, I swear, I always almost think I'm like colorblind after you tell me about colors. Cause I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. This is, this is red or this is copper or this is, I'm like, I, I have no idea. I don't really know how to describe <laughs> my hair, I suppose, but um, you did it with such confidence. You, you opened the book. You told me to well, what makes me smile kind of a thing. I picked some out. We, we, we did it together. And let's say that that was the first time that I, you know, was having a conversation with you. I would view that as like, she's very confident. I, I trust her. She, she only showed me that she knows, she knows her shit. Um, and I would view that from, from the financial perspective too. If you were to, it, let's say we had a consult together and you pulled out your book, you showed me all the cool colors, all this stuff. And I, I, and you said, okay, well, if you want to do X, Y, and Z, your cost would be this. And if you were looking to add on anything else, here is a pamphlet for you. And this shows you your trim, your this, your that. And I would just be like, wow, homegirl's got her shit together. I trust her. That's trust. Yeah. If I was like, if I was sitting there, I was like, well, I mean, normally like my highlights are like 200, but you know, like maybe like 150, like, how would you feel? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, if it was to be before you touched my hair, I'd be scared. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I really do confidence. I God, I'm going to sound like a I like to call them douche canoes, but um, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've fired one person and I fired that person because they lacked confidence. Swear to God, if I was to put it into one, one sentence, now I'm not that much of a douche. It's not like I was like, Oh, you like confidence in one second. You're gone. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not that bad, but um, yeah, I would, uh, I don't know if I would actually go through with it in all honesty. I, I would, I would be nervous to probably have you put, have you cut or color my hair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it even in just, look, I'm going on a tangent again, but think about it even in like a, a, a you're going shopping for clothes, right? My favorite places, the places I spend the most money are the ones that will come up to me and be like, you should try this dress on. And I'm like, oh, it's not really my color. And they're like, trust me, you should try it on. The confidence they have, do you know how many dresses I have bought that I love that I would have never picked up off of a hanger because of confident salespeople. Like it's wild to me. I think think there's two things you have to, uh, you have to know your product. So well, the the one thing that you just, and that's part of confidence, right? So as you just said, well, uh, highlights are 200, but if we do this, I mean, I think it would be around 150. You don't, to me, I view that as you don't know your business. You don't know your own thing. Same thing where, um, I mean, how many times I've gone into Lululemon and they can pull the hundreds of items that I have from there. (laughs) 
but they they can see like okay danielle likes this style tank she likes this blah 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 i know that these are similar styles she likes this fabric this is a similar fabric this is not something that she's done but danielle i realized i pulled up your account i saw that you bought seventy-two thousand aligns this is very similar to the align fabric so i'm i would i want you to try these on i grab them for you they're in your size yep i would immediate i wouldn't say no i would try it on yeah. Um, and if you were to, um, let's say I walked into Lululemon and I told them, Hey, I'm looking for something new. I have 72 lines. What would you recommend? Um, well, you know, a line is a great product and blah, blah, blah. I would honestly walk away and just probably go pick up another pair of lines because right. you know, their, <laughs> their shit's dope. And I would just get another thing that I liked, but still my point is, is that you would lose me. You know, I would just be like, I'd be impatient. I would definitely be impatient because I am an impatient person and I would just, you would, you would lose me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So before we end, I want you to tell anyone listening where they can find you. Maybe they like the way you talk. Yeah. Maybe they want to come to Virginia beach and do a class. <laughs> I love it. I love Actually, it. Actually, you do so training remote and stuff too, correct? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So like I said, my, my business world is kind of divided into two. Um, one TCY that's everything. And it's mostly virtual. I do do some in person, but, um, majority of the time people do virtually, uh, where it's one-on-one coaching of fitness, nutrition, and mobility. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the caffeinated yogi co. And, and I'll put this um, on the show, na- show notes as well. Cool. And then, um, if it was to be for any of the yoga things, uh, that is at the sky's the limit yoga co, mm-hmm. um, or sky's the limit yoga co, not that, um, yeah. Awesome. Danielle, thank you so much. This has actually got me like my wheels turning. Like, I think it'd be a really cool thing for me to do like a series with clients. I, yes. Oh my gosh. Especially if you're, um, is, is most of your listeners on the show hairstylists, yes. or most of your listeners hairstylists. Yep. Um, I feel like that that's only like, I said it directly earlier. How did I learn about my pricing? And I'm not saying that I talked with God. I, I had literally pulled my client base before I opened the studio and just in Virginia itself, which is where I've taught the least at that point. I taught in Florida way more in Virginia. I had worked with well over 2000 yoga students. That's an insane number. Mm -hmm. I didn't reach out to 2000 freaking people. I reached out to like five, (laughs) five people that I knew I felt comfortable talking to. They would give me an honest answer. Um, and I, I think that, uh, you can only grow from getting that kind of a perspective from understanding what the, the, if I never would have listened to a yoga student, I would have never, ever, ever had, um, let me think. Uh, oh, my, um, uh, my early morning class at the, at the studio. Um, so at sky's the limit, um, this is in studio on Sunday mornings. We have a class that's called Hakuna Matata yoga. And, um, all it is, it's a slow flow to like Bob Marley vibes up and yeah, it's chill. It's a yeah. chill Sunday morning. That's all come high if you want. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but like it, it, it's preferred just actually, super, <laughs> <laughs> it's just super, super chill. Um, and if I didn't have somebody one time tell me I had a photo shoot done where I was wearing uh, one of my clothing things was a Kuna Matata shirt that I got from Target. And I was in like a, a, a cute little yoga pose with a coffee cup. And they were like, man, 
Kuda Matata yoga, like this just makes so much sense. They didn't say anything else, but it was just a conversation I was having with somebody literally about photo shoots. Mm -hmm. They were looking to work with somebody there in a different realm of fitness. And I, I couldn't recommend, she unfortunately doesn't live here anymore, but I couldn't recommend the person I was working with more. And um, I, I was like, man, that kind of makes sense for like the title of a yoga class, right? And we were literally just talking back and forth. And sure enough, it is by far one of our best classes in studio, like fills up the most. I don't have to worry. Like other classes you have to look at like, oh, is this a bad time slot? Is this this blah, 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 which I'm sure you have to, you know, you look at similar things. Yeah, It's the one where I'm like, you go like yeah. it, 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 it's done. It, it, it works by itself. Right. It's, it's, it has a, what a client of mine said recently is, um, uh, you put enough into where it has its own legs. It can run mm. by itself. Yeah. And, um, I, I wouldn't have thought that if I didn't talk to a, a client. Um, yeah. and so you, there are so many things that I think your listeners would only learn from if they were to hear from the perspective of somebody being in the chair. Yep. Yep. Even like getting feedback in general, sending out like, like a little feedback form, like you can easily do like a Google form or something and just ask your clients some questions. I mean, I've, I've named my packages because of my clients. I'm like, I don't know what to name this. And they're like, I mean, I'm getting all the things and I'm like, fucking done. It's all the things packaged. <laughs> like, yeah. love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Danielle, thank and you again so, so much. Um, of course. I'm going to end it here just because we're getting close on time. Yeah. We're doing good. <laughs> I love these long ones. I don't know if my listeners do. I guess I should ask them y'all DM me if you like the long ones or not, but, um, Danielle, thank you so much. I'm going to put, yes, thank you for having me in the show notes. Um, and I'll see you soon. I'm sure. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.